Welcome to the Ian Corzine Show. I'm Ian Corzine, your social media lawyer. I've been advising top social media creators for about 12 years. Now it's your turn. Whether you're an upcoming social media influencer or a content creator bringing in the millions, you gotta understand how to grow your audience the right way and not risk fines or worse, jail time. That's where I come in on the Ian Corzine Show. My guests and I break down what you need to succeed for becoming a top influencer. If you're ready to grow on social media the right way, I'm here to help you. This is a Soulfire production. Did you see that Jay-Z just dropped another SPAC? Jay-Z's a billionaire. If I invest in his SPAC, I'm going to be a billionaire too, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold your horses. SPACs are amazing investment vehicles, but there's some serious problems with investing in SPAC stocks. In today's video, I'm gonna go over what a SPAC is, and I'm gonna talk about those serious problems before you make your billions, big boy. All right, let's get into it. All right, we're in our quarter screen now, and let's get right to it. What is a SPAC? A SPAC is a special purpose acquisition company. It exists solely to merge with a privately held company and to convert it into a publicly held company. How it does this is a SPAC itself is a publicly held company and you as a retail investor can invest in the SPAC. Also, the SPAC goes out and finds institutional investors who may invest large sums, many millions of dollars, and together they combine all those resources to buy a privately held company and then convert it to a publicly held company that can be traded on the stock exchange. So the process for a SPAC is the founders start the company and it's a publicly held company and they ask for the public to donate, to invest in the SPAC. They get money from the public and then they also go out and get big money from institutional investors. And then all this money, this big pool of money goes into one, what they call blind trust. And what that means is it's put into a bank account or some other bank holds it. And then someone other than the founders or certainly the shareholders hold this money in trust for the eventual purchase of a private sector company. The retail investors and the institutional investors can rest assured that their money is not gonna be squandered or taken away because it's gonna be held in this blind trust by a person or an entity that's sole goal is to maintain that amount of money and hopefully get some interest on it. And then the whole purpose of a SPAC is generally the SPAC founders have two years to find a privately held company in which they can invest and merge. Now, at the end of those two years, if they do not find this privately held company that they want to merge with, then the money in the fund gets returned to all the shareholders. That's why a lot of people love SPACs because they feel like there's not that much problem with investing in them. Worst case, if the SPAC never finds the privately held company that it wants, the money's returned. The only real loss is you couldn't have used that money for another purpose like investing in real estate or crypto during that time. So that's a little bit of a loss, but it's not that big of a deal given that this SPAC could end up being huge. It could be an Airbnb or a DraftKings and really rise in value and make the investors really rich. So how a SPAC works is that the SPAC shares are generally priced at about $10. And usually that price doesn't fluctuate that much until the acquisition of the privately held company. And what ends up happening too is Oftentimes, when you buy shares in a SPAC, you get proportional shares of a warrant. And a warrant is like an option 
where it allows you to buy additional shares of SPAC stock at a certain period of time, usually in the $11 range. So if you have a SPAC that really takes off at some point, you have this cool deal where you're able to buy more shares at a cheaper price than what the SPAC is currently selling on the public market. So let's say your SPAC founders are working really hard. They find this great deal out there. It's a tech company. It's going to make a lot of money. Then they present their potential acquisition of this private company to the shareholders and the shareholders get to vote on it. Do they want to acquire this company or not? And if they don't, some of the shareholders, you know, don't want to acquire this company, then they can say, I want my money back and they can get their money back. When the acquisition happens, then the SPAC ticker, which is the symbol that you use to be able to buy shares in the SPAC on the stock market, that changes to the acquired company's ticker symbol. So then we move on to say, why would you ever want to invest in a SPAC? Well, it's an easier route for privately held companies to get to the public market. If you do a traditional initial public offering, an IPO, it takes a lot longer. There's a lot more balls in the air. There's a lot more money at stake. And it's much simpler if you just have a SPAC that was simply formed for the acquisition of a privately held company. There are shareholders. There are institutional investors. It's very simple to have a SPAC and convert that private sector company into a publicly traded company. And the other thing that's great about SPACs is that the retail investors get to participate in the hype for a company. I'm just thinking about companies like DocuSign where, listen, they think, they're really going to expand a lot and there's a lot of press. There's a lot of discussion about it that raises the share price. And what's so great about SPACs, of course, is that then those retail investors get to participate that and buy their shares for 10 bucks or so and then have them increase exponentially. So it's a really kind of exciting deal to get involved in. And of course, the backup position with SPACs is that if the retail investors, they put their $10 a share in and they don't like the deal, they can get the money back. Or if the founders don't find a company to acquire, then of course your money comes back to you. So it's kind of a really you know less risk deal for retail investors, there's a big upside, but there's also kind of a smaller downside. But I will tell you, there could be an even smaller downside as we talk about the serious problems when you invest in SPACs. So continuing on with our discussion about why you'd buy a SPAC, you know, you can make some serious money. If you buy a SPAC stock for $10 and it goes up to 100, you do the math. It's a wonderful way for shareholders to share in price increases. The other part we talked about a little bit was that you get this option, this warrant when you invest in SPACs. And that's another opportunity for you to buy shares that have risen in value for a much cheaper price. And the other thing that I really like about them is that you can buy into the pipe. Sometimes the founders find a private sector company, which is valued and has a price higher than the fund in the SPAC. So let's give you an example. Let's say the SPAC fund is 200 million. Let's say they find this great company that they want to invest in for 300 million. Well, there's an opportunity for the shareholders then to put more money at a reduced price to be able to get more shares in a company that may increase in value. So there's a lot of opportunities to make money in SPACs. And that's why we see in this market that SPACs are blowing up. I have a couple of charts here. You know, back in 2010, there were, you know, hundreds of millions invested in SPACs all the way to 2020. And we see that over $40 billion in SPAC deals are taking place. And you see the jump between 2019 and 2020. Here's another chart here, which just tracks the SPACs IPOs by year. And, you know, it's 2002, there were weren't that many. It went up to like, you know, 60 or 70 in the 2007 time period. Then we had the drop of the stock market in 2008, went straight down. And then we travel to the 2016 time period. 
It's kind of mellow. And then boom, 2018, 2019, and now 2020 and beyond, we're looking at close to 250 SPAC IPOs by year. So the word is out. SPACs are very popular. Again, there's a lot of different ways to make money on them. And the best part is that there's the ability for you to get your money back if there's a problem. So a lot of creators come to me and they say, listen, okay, that sounds cool. How do I even invest in SPACs? And actually it's quite simple. The bottom line is you're going to do some research online to find founders that you believe in. And I would encourage you not just to go with the Jay-Z's or the Shaq's or the Alex Rodriguez's. I would look at people who have a proven track record of really winning with their SPACs and winning in their investment strategies. But let's say you find the person, you find the founders that have started the SPAC, you get the ticker symbol that you see in the article or the research that you've done. And then you just go to your regular investment account, your online brokerage account, and you buy shares in that ticker symbol and you hold it there. And then you have access to all those benefits like warrants and additional funds putting into the fund in the pipe. So it's a very simple process. I just recommend that you do your research before you invest. I am certainly not an investment coach or strategist or financial advisor. So I really say do your research. But I was surprised when I was doing the research for this particular video that it's so easy to invest in SPACs. It's just like investing in any other stock like Apple. All right, now we're going to move to the next section, which is not quite as rosy. I hate to be always the guy that delivers the bad news, but I really want you to think about your investments before you put money into them because you got to know the good side and you got to know the bad side. So let's get to the dangers of SPACs. And the first one has to do with the fees. You know, the founders of a SPAC are doing a lot of work to find this privately held company that they want to acquire. They're doing tons and tons of work. They have big staffs. And so they're entitled to be paid for their work. So they are paid. And on average, founders get about three to 6% of the total fund, eventually let's say you have a 100 million fund, three to 6% of that as a fee. And if they know the acquiring company, right when they start the SPAC, they don't do much research, they don't do much work, they still get this three to 6%. You know, if you have a $300 million SPAC fund, then that fee, and this is regardless of the success of the eventual merger, is $18 million. And so some people argue that that's too big. And some people say that's a conflict of interest between the founder and their shareholders. In other words, they just want to get their fee. And yeah, they were excited about having a stock rise up in value on the public market. But the bottom line is, so long as they get that merger done within those two years, they get many millions of dollars in fees. So they're kind of taken care of and the shareholders may not be. All right. Now, the next danger of investing in SPACs is probably the biggest one in my mind, and that is the dilution of shares from the promote. It's so funny going through <laughs> SPACs. There's so many terms like the pipe and the promote. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of fun to learn about. But anyway, the promote is a situation where once there is a decision and the shareholders are voted to acquire a privately held company and the acquisition is going to go through, generally, the privately held company that's being acquired creates more shares that it delivers to the founders of the SPAC. And it's not given to the other shareholders, just the founders. So I have an example here that we can look at that demonstrates in very simplistic terms. And again, I am not a financial advisor or a stockbroker, but I just tried to put something together so that you could understand. So let's say you had a $100 million SPAC fund. All right. And the promote is 20%, which I guess is a common promote. And let's just say you're rich <laughs> and you own 1 million shares. So before the deal, 
you have one one hundredth shares. In other words, you have one million of the hundred million dollars in the fund. Now, when the actual acquisition takes place, the privately held company creates more shares, 20%. And so after post-deal, your share value is now one one hundred twentieth of shares. So your shares are actually diluted at the time of the acquisition takes place. And of course, the SPAC founders not only get their fee, but they also get this promote. Now, a lot of times I know that there's SPACers out there who are going to respond. They'll say, listen, I know that that's the case, but some of these SPACs increase in value so much that who cares? So what if the SPAC founders get many, many millions of dollars? I'm getting many, many millions of dollars or many, many thousands of dollars. So that's the defense to it. But you just have to be comfortable with the fact that when you're putting your money, your $10 a share in a SPAC, those founders are getting a big fee and generally they're getting a big promote. So to summarize, the dangers of SPACs relate to an unfair distribution of gains to the founders. You know, the founders get the fee right off the bat. They get that, you know, three to 6% fee. They get the 20% promote or some variants of that. The founders get the benefit of the increased value of the stock. So if they do a good job and the stock rises in value after the merger, they get that benefit too. And then the point of it is, is that there's been an analysis of a lot of SPAC deals and what they find is on average, SPAC founders get 25% of the original fund. So if the original fund is $100 million, about 25 million of that end up going to the SPAC founders. So it's just really important for you to understand that SPACs could be really amazing, but they're most amazing for the SPAC founders. And so sometimes before you get caught up in all the hype of some famous star or some famous investor starting a SPAC and gonna make you a millionaire or a billionaire, just remember that they're getting way more and really they have created these SPACs for their benefit. Certainly you can share in the process and I hope to God you do and make lots of money, but you have to know that a majority of the money, the value of a SPAC goes to the founders. So then the final danger I wanna talk about about SPACs is that they have historically poor performance. Now, listen, I know I'm going to get a lot of people out there commenting, listen, it's new. These are new. And in 2020 or 2021, it's way different. But if you just look at the stats here, you know, this is one example of a company. I'm looking at right over here, the Quimpario Acquisition Corp, which was a SPAC, merged with Exela Technologies in 2017. Of course, you know, before the merger took place, we have a share price of in the $10 range. And then soon within, you know, years, that share price went down to eight, it went down to five, it went down to four, it rose up to six. And now, or actually in January of 2019, it was below four. It was probably in the $3 range. And it says here, I got a quote from the Wall Street Journal, from 2010 to 2017, SPACs underperformed the broader market by about 3% annually in the first three years after their IPO, according to this gentleman's analysis. I also have the next one, it's from Renaissance Capital. Of the 313 SPACs IPOs since the start of 2015, 93 have completed mergers and taken a company public. So only 93 of the 313 have actually completed the merger. Of these, the common shares have delivered an average loss of negative 9.6% and a median return of negative 29.1% compared to the average aftermarket return of 47% for traditional IPOs since 2015. This is not a reason for you to just completely avoid this investment opportunity, but I just have to let you know that most of the time, SPACs do not get their end goal, which is to acquire a privately held company. And when they do, again, 
The last data from the last 10 years show that most don't do well. So if you're going to do a SPAC, you really got to believe in the SPAC founders. You really got to take a little bit of a risk and think, gosh, this company is really going to do well in the future. So I'm willing to take that risk and obviously never risk more than you can afford. But I do know historical performance of SPACs could change and maybe you could find the SPAC that's brought about by Jay-Z or Alex Rodriguez and you could become a billionaire like them. My point is just understand that there's a lot of positive to SPAC and there's some negative to SPACs. See you next time.